Sustaining Creativity podcast. I'm your host, Mari Reesberg. Over the past several years, I've combined my degrees in acting and somatic psychology to share my sustaining creativity techniques with performers. And now I've decided to share it with a bigger audience that includes you. I believe we are all creative and this podcast is all about that. I'll be interviewing people from all backgrounds, ages, and creativity experiences to share just how creative we all are. Today, I'll be chatting with Eddie Rice. He's a speechwriter, public speaking coach, and an author. Please enjoy Eddie Rice. Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. Today, I am here with Eddie Rice speech writer, public speaking coach, and author. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you about creativity and how it shows up in speech writing and public speaking. But before we get there, if you would share a little bit with our listeners, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm a speech writer. I help people craft speeches. Um, it's I know it's 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 right in the title. It's right in the name. <laughs> but anything from a wedding toast to a TEDx speech to a keynote speech, I've helped people go from conception to structure to final product and rehearsal. Nice. That's awesome. That, Thank you. Yeah, I I guess I, I don't think of speechwriters as I, I think of it more in like the political venue or avenue or career as and less in the like wedding toast but yes people write wedding toasts <laughs> they do I think a lot of us grew up on the west wing uh watching uh Rob Lowe as the speechwriter to the president and I think that's what's been ingrained in so many of our minds as that's a speechwriter and those are the ones that exist uh but there's a lot more that exists in the world um at corporations and a fair amount of freelancers as well okay that's I love being surprised and introduced to new careers and new ways people incorporate creativity into their life. So what is it about speech writing that involves creativity? Oh, I mean, it's everything. It's, you know, I, you can't write a speech from scratch. Um, okay. I tell people a prepared mind is a creative mind mm. where I, I can't, you know, if I get an email from someone and they're saying, hey, I need a speech tomorrow on this topic, I can't just come up with something on the spot. I have to ask them questions. Right. I have to say, well, who is your audience? What's your intended message? What stories do you want to tell? Mm -hmm. So it really starts with this um, brainstorming process mm -hmm. where I usually go through with a questionnaire, ask people various questions depending on the type of speech that they're going to give. Mm -hmm. And that gives me a starting point for a deeper conversation with the person. Um, I tell people it's a partnership. It's yeah. not me just writing something down on, on the page. It's we're going to work together to craft mm -hmm. a great speech. Nice. What's the most bizarre speech you've been invited to write? Oh, bizarre. Um, or unique. Really good yes, questions. Know. Let me think. Um, <laughs> Spare of the moment. It, I didn't give you any warning that I was going to ask this question. Um, I've had a few weird events where I just didn't know the the like the, the type of event existed, and oh. we had to write for it. Um, mm -hmm. Just various conferences and associations that you never would have thought 
existed in the world, very niche organizations and trying to come up with a specific message to a group of people that I don't know is a little bit challenging. Um, And that's when I really just lean on the client to help me out Mm -hmm. to be the expert. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, look, you're the expert here. You're going to have to teach me everything that you know about, you know, whether it's maybe like airplanes or whether it's about (laughs) potato chips or whatever it is that they're, they're speaking on. I have to help them out uh, for that, for that. Yeah. How did you get into speech writing? It seems like it's not something that you like major in in college. So. No, not at all. Um, But college did have something to do with it. I took this really great class called Rhetoric in Antiquity. And what we did is we studied the greats such as Aristotle and Cicero compared what they were teaching to how people were giving modern speeches. And we pretty much came to the conclusion that public speaking has not changed in over 3000 years. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So those same principles applied. I love that class tremendously. I also took part in an activity called mock trial where it's like law and order, but a competition Mm -hmm. um, between college students. And I just enjoyed that tremendously. I got to give speeches, got to respond on my feet, got to you know pretend to be a lawyer for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that really sparked the love of speech writing. Um, nice. I didn't do that originally out of college. Instead, mm-hmm. I was an eighth grade science teacher. Oh. Did that for five years. Uh, and actually then uh, it helped me though, learn how to take really complex topics and distill them down into super simple concepts for people to learn and understand. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. That's awesome. And so much creativity, it sounds like, shows up in all of the things that you do. But when you think about being creative or creativity, what does it mean to you to be creative? See here, I think it has to do with, as I said earlier, you know, just coming prepared to work. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of outlining and being ready to work ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually something I found when I was writing my book where it took me three years to do it. <laughs> I had this horrible, horrible junk draft that I did not like at all. Uh-huh. And that's what they tell you to do is to get out the junk draft, yeah. get out all of your bad ideas on the paper. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I stepped back and created an outline that everything started to fall into place. And once I forced myself to write to that outline, it got me back on track to where I could actually finish it in only a few months. Oh, wow. So it sped up the process just immensely. And I just wish I had done that from the beginning rather than flailed around with a draft, not knowing what I was doing whatsoever. Yeah. So it sounds like creativity has a lot of structure for you and has some boundaries. And that outline is what makes me think of that. Oh, it definitely does. Um, It even goes back to when I write TEDx speeches. Um, Mm -hmm. So I help people do this as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the person that I write them with, her name's Elena of Red Dot Stage. Mm -hmm. We go through four prep calls with a person before a single word is written. Wow. Uh, So we're going through their stories. We're going through their backgrounds. We're going through their point of view, all of their research. And that's even before we create an outline or do anything um, such as put together a draft for the person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's a lot of structure. It's a lot of foundation work that the client never sees, but it's incredibly important that it's actually done. Yeah. Do you find that because you are a speech writer, you give more speeches? 
Not so much. I'm usually <laughs> the person behind the curtain. Uh, and with COVID, it's really been hard to get out there and give speeches in front of large groups of people. Right. I used to do Toastmasters. I loved it tremendously. It was yeah. a ton of fun. And I got a lot of public speaking experience, but then mm -hmm. I kind of switched gears to where I was writing for other people and letting them take the credit, take the limelight mm -hmm. and go ahead and go out there and speak. But I have done, you know, public speaking trainings for other people. Yeah. Um, so that's one outlet that I've been able to do. Nice. And for someone looking to write their own speech, what are some tips that you would give someone who's like, I have to write a toast for something, or I have to write a speech and I don't know where to start. Sure. So I would say there's a lot of really good examples out there, depending on the type of speech that you wanted to give. Yeah. So if you are trying to give a wedding toast, you can just go to YouTube and Google wedding toasts, and <laughs> you are going to find tons of like really good examples. Now you're going to find some pretty bad ones too. Right. Those will be under like wedding toast fails, uh, <laughs> where you'll find, uh, you know, people that were a little bit too drunk and a little bit unprepared giving mm -hmm. a speech. But for the most part, the toasts out there are wonderful. So what I would say is seek out really good examples first mm -hmm. to see what's the structure, what is the goal, what's the, what's the length of mm -hmm. it. And then second, it's about asking the right questions. So if someone works with me, I've got a brainstorming questionnaire that I help people walk through the type of questions that they want to do. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I tell people to have two goals in mind if they're giving a toast, honor the person and honor the event. If you can do that with your speech, mm -hmm. you are golden. And that should be your goal for when you're trying to give a toast or anything like it. Nice. I love that. Great tips. Honor the person, honor the event. So important to remember that when you're writing and you're not just spewing random information. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's important to have a structure and an outline. Um, as I said earlier, going back yeah. to that idea, something that you can follow and something that the audience can also follow as well. You just don't want to ramble for three minutes straight. That's not going to help anyone. So true. And yet it happens so often. <laughs> the preparation piece, I think, is missed for a lot of people. Very much. <laughs> well, when you think about challenges, and I imagine that you have yourself come up against them, clients have come up against them. How do? You, what are some of those challenges that you yourself face? And then how do you navigate them? So this is going to hurt if any client is listening, um, but procrastination is a really big <laughs> one. Um, it's sometimes really tough to get started. What I yeah. do is I do a lot of creative procrastination. Oh. So if I'm working on one project and it's stalled, I'll go work on another, let the ideas marinate, mm -hmm. and then go back to them uh, with a fresh set of eyes and I'll work there. Nice. Other times I'll change my environment. So I've been known to just get out of the house, go to a co-working space, mm -hmm. or even when writing the book, I actually rented a hotel room to get it done uh, <laughs> because I just couldn't stand just continuing to work in the same space that I live and work in every single day because yeah. I'm working completely remotely right now. Yeah. That, those are great ways to face challenges and <laughs> procrastination is real, but I like the reframe of like creative procrastination, like you're jumping from creative project to creative project while you're letting things marinate. Cause I think that is, that's an important part of creativity. You got to kind of let the, the ideas percolate and hopefully they'll come back. 
in a bigger way, right? They do, they do, they do come back. Good, well, that's that's important. So being that you use a bunch of creativity in career, I'm curious in your life, your younger years, what's your earliest memory of being creative? So in elementary school, we had this program called Odyssey of the Mind. Are you oh, familiar with it? I am. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, it's like you have to do these skits where they solve some sort of creative problem. Yeah. Um, or it was building balsa wood structures that could withstand like a certain amount of weight put on top of them. Mm-hmm. But I did that all throughout elementary school. And I think even into middle school as well, we had this app, just an absolute blast putting on these plays and skits for people. We, we have to make our own costumes. That's the big thing of it is the kids yeah. have to do everything. So you have to make your own costumes, make your own script, come up with the ideas yourself. The adults are just there to supervise. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of the most fun things I did when I was younger. I love it. And any of those things that you learned through that experience, do you feel that you still incorporate them into your life today? Yes, I think the thinking on the spot and writing scripts, I think mm-hmm. that's probably my first time when I was actually being able to be a writer yeah. outside of the traditional like five paragraph essay and you know, <laughs> what did you do on your summer vacation type essays that they right. made us do in school. This was for something that was real. It was, yeah. you're gonna put words together that someone else is going to say, they better be good <laughs> or at least good enough for a fifth grader. Right. Right. I got it. Okay. I love it. That, that was kind of the beginning of speech writing in a creative fashion and, and yeah, kind of getting into it as an adult too. And just a writer in general, being an author and public speaking coach, what goes into the being a public speaking coach? It's about meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's every person has certain strengths and certain areas of growth, uh, when mm-hmm. they come to me. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of interview coaching for people to help out with jobs. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. a big area of mine that I'd like to help people out with. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times I'm very surprised when they come to me because I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to tell them? That's actually going to help because they're already <laughs> really good. Um, yeah. so that's a big challenge when someone's already at the top of their game, to help them out even more. Mm -hmm. But other times it's the same things that I think plague us all where it's confidence, Mm -hmm. a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. And then just wanting someone else to say, you know what, that was a really good answer or that you could be more specific there. And just having that sounding board helps Mm -hmm. people tremendously. Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's, it is. I, I appreciate having a sounding board and being able to ask questions or get feedback from someone that I trust or feel like has my best interest at heart. So that makes a lot of sense. In terms of creativity and, you know, writing things for yourself and in your own life, who or what inspires you? So this might be not maybe any individual person out there truly, I mean, I've got a lot of inspirational people that do inspire me, (laughs) but what I'm going for here is I think of anyone who has to work in a creative field for other people. Mm -hmm. um, Those are the people that inspire me because Mm -hmm. you have to deal with stakeholders. You have to deal with the deadlines. You have to deal with 
people having different ideas from you who are not experts in your field. Uh, my friend Josh is a copywriter and he says that whenever he presents his work at work, um, everyone becomes a copywriter. And all of a sudden they're just poking holes in everything that he's done. And it's all these non-copywriters coming up, giving him feedback. So it's people like Josh who have to work at this and work in a creative environment where not everyone is on your side necessarily. And you have to deal with those inner office politics to get creative work done. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of people that inspire me because they're able to manage those relationships and still create something great at the end of the day. Mm, yeah. Good, good reminders to like give the people who are working on those creative tasks that that is their job. They are doing it for a reason. And if that's not your job, maybe take a, take a back seat, and let them do it. But yeah, I think there's opportunity to be inspired by a lot of people and different things in our lives. And I imagine, you know, we all have challenges that come up in our everyday life. What are some of the everyday issues you experience that you've had to use creativity to solve or get creative to solve? Sure, I can think of one right now. I'm at, uh, I've got a project at work. So I've got a nine to five job outside of the freelance speech writing business. Yeah. And we have this um, grand opening celebration for our new world headquarters coming up. Ooh. And yet, unfortunately, we don't know the exact date the headquarters will be open because it's under construction. Oh. Nor do I have a budget. <laughs> so at the same time, I'm trying to vet vendors and put this whole thing together. I have to navigate just handling what I can handle um, every day mm -hmm. and not worrying about the nebulous parts of the project. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lesson out there for anyone on a creative project who's stuck work on the parts that you can handle, work on the parts that you can control and yeah. don't worry so much about the other nebulous parts that you know might escape you at the moment. Right, it really sounds like you are employing a lot of flexibility into it as well because it sounds like things are changing daily. Very much so, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I have been in those situations where you just kind of have to, let go and flow with whatever's happening and there that dance with uncertainty because not everything is certain and how we navigate that and use creativity but it sounds like you have a pretty decent handle on navigating uncertainty in this nine to five job that you're working yeah the the life as a freelancer and as an eighth grade science teacher kind of prepared me for that uh <laughs> you know completely where i can handle uncertainty regardless of what's thrown at me. Nice. It's a gift. It's not easy at all. When you come up or meet people who don't feel that they're creative and you're writing speeches for them or, you know, coaching them in some capacity, how would you encourage them to find creativity in their lives? Sure. I think part of it is finding like-minded people so if there's a group that you can join, um, so if it's for public speaking, you know, join Toastmasters. There's mm -hmm. going to be other people there that are going to be in the same spot you are wanting to improve their public speaking skills. Or if you're a writer, find a writing group that works for you. 
I've got a group that meets every night from 5 to 7 p.m. And we don't give feedback to each other. We just sit there, check in on Zoom, and we write. And that's our accountability for each other to work together. Um, And you don't have to worry about reading your stuff out loud at the end and getting that unsolicited feedback that's never on point. Uh, I know that happens with a lot of writing groups, and I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know it works for some people, which is absolutely great. And if it works for you, go for it 100%. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have one to do it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But then I think it goes back to the questions that I ask. I tell people, look, you know, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, but that's going to draw out the answers that I'm going to need to put together a great speech. Mm-hmm. So I've had people, unfortunately, not fill out the questionnaire where we've had to get on a phone call in a good way and have to hash out the answers. Mm. But there are some people where if they don't do the questionnaire or the phone call, I've got nothing to work on and I can't write a speech at that moment. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's you know just being open and believing in yourself that you can actually be creative and just giving yourself that permission to fail in a way, mm-hmm. um, I think is also equally important. Yeah, that is a big one the permission to fail, where do you give yourself permission to fail in your own life? Lots of first drafts. Okay. <laughs> um, the first draft that goes out to a client is not the first draft that I made um, for their speech at all. They're seeing revision three, four, five, ten. 10. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I do a lot of just really rough drafts, trying to dump ideas out on the paper, mm-hmm. outlining it. Uh, and that seems to help. Um, it's only after I refine it that the client gets the true first draft from me. Nice. But yeah, I like that idea of like permission to fail. When we fail, it means we tried and we're learning something along the way. And I think that's a gift of creativity as well, being able to not stop when we fail, that that doesn't stop us. That's just an opportunity to take a different avenue to try it again or to do something in a different different way or different fashion agreed (laughs) nice well this has been a lovely chat with you i have one last question what does it feel like in your body to be creative i just it feels really good it feels very positive it feels like all the things that i've worked towards are coming to fruition Because too often I get stuck, whether when I'm procrastinating or when I'm trying to figure out that first draft of what should be on there, I start to doubt myself and say, Mm -hmm. is this really what I want to put on a paper? Can I actually do this? Then I remind myself that I can, but it's then that I get that energy of the ideas start to flow. And Mm -hmm. it's just a really good, I guess, warm feeling inside Mm -hmm. when you're putting pen to paper or fingers to the keyboard, however you want to put it, Mm -hmm. it starts to flow and it's just this natural feeling. And I have to remind myself that that's going to come in those moments when I'm not feeling it, when it's not there at all. I love it. That's that warm feeling or feeling good. Yeah. Creativity does do that. I, I know that feeling. I love it. (laughs) So Well, if people want to learn more about the things that you do, how could they go about doing that? Sure. They can go to ricespeechwriting.com. That's R-I-C-E, speechwriting.com. And you'll find my site. You'll find me. There's a contact form there as well. 
and you can get in touch if you need help with public speaking, giving a speech, or if you just want to chat about books um, and writing, I'm happy to do that as well. I, I love talking with fellow authors. So please stop by. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It's been such a treat. Thank you so much. listening to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. We'd love to keep in touch, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Sustaining Creativity. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Tag your friends and family so they can listen too. We love to hear from you, so leave your reviews, comments, and questions. Check out our website, sustainingcreativity.com, for upcoming offerings and creativity coaching. Tune in Tuesdays for our next episode. And remember, with creativity, anything's possible.